Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. We're talking about one of my favorite things today. I was just going to say, Sarah, are you like over there doing like, like I I picture you clapping your hands together in like evil glee because we're going to talk about calendar planning. I mean, there's no, there's no such thing as too much with this topic. And I'm glad that we're still talking about it, even though we're coming up like on the back half of January, because as we've mentioned so many times, just takes a few weeks into a new year, I think sometimes to get our bearings. And I, I hate to see people kind of throw their hands up when it comes to planning because, oh, well, it's already January such and such. So I'm glad that we're, we're still in this topic. Me too. And I I will say that I, um, I am still very much like since the first week of January, I've been thinking about calendar planning, but I'm still very much in the like planning to plan. There's there's very few things written in ink yet on my uh, on my planner because it takes a while. Like you said, it takes a while to ease in Um, things change. You start like information starts to become apparent in this first part of the year. And sometimes it takes a little while for you to be in the right headspace to deal with it. And that's, that's where I finally am. It took me quite some time this year. Um, I also want to mention that I feel like this is one of those things that when I was a younger mom, I really thought at some point I was going to figure it out. And then like, that would be it. I would have a system or a strategy or, and it, I figured it would happen like a lot long, a lot longer ago (laughs) than now. And I think we just keep learning stuff about ourselves. We learn about our tendencies, um, how it all works. Sometimes new applications or new technology comes to light or new systems. And then sometimes things that once worked stop working, or there were things that never worked, but you just kept trying. So I just, I think it's worth noting that, um, yes, there are some techniques and mindset shifts that once you lock them in, never stop working. And that's great. We're going to kind of frame this around lessons that we've learned. 
But some of those are lessons we're still actively learning or haven't really figured out how to implement just yet. Absolutely. At least one of mine, I was like, is this a lesson learned, Sarah? Or is this something that you wish someone would teach you? (laughs) Is this a lesson I need to learn? Exactly. (laughs) Can I admit something that might surprise people? I'm just going to. And that is, you had said the words long-term calendar planning to me when I when my first, when I was anywhere from having my first baby until that first baby went to a structured preschool program at age three and a half. So the first like three and a half years of motherhood, I just would have stared back blankly at you. And that's as someone, you know, that we all like think of me as highly organized, detail oriented, um, liking calendar plans and planners and, and all the apps and all the things. But it's like in those years, I still had those skill sets, but they they went into things like tracking breastfeeding time or like figuring out when to start my baby on solids or maybe planning a birthday party. That was about it. I wasn't I really wasn't um, using they were like dormant. It was a it was a skill set that lay dormant. And I just want to say that for anybody who feels like they're in that space, it might be because you're home full time or maybe you're working full time. But like there are no family vacations on the horizon because you are in the weeds of, so as we, as we move through and talk about this, um, I think the lessons learned can be applied at any stage of motherhood. But I also just think there are seasons of life where planning feels rather futile, maybe sounds too negative, but you know what I mean? Well, and I don't even think that necessarily, I think you're totally right. And, um, not having those like big predictable things, to kind of put in your calendar to work around that is reality for a lot of people with little kids. I will also say that I find myself there in many ways of my life now because so much of my time, besides the fact that I'm either going to have my kids or not Mm -hmm. so much of my time isn't really, um, doesn't belong to their school calendar because of the divorce and because of the shared parenting. So like I have 26 weeks out of the year that don't really have anything to work around. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's that. And then there's the fact that I just keep starting new things. You sure do. um, Yeah, I do. I I don't think we were talking about this before we started recording. I don't think I have mentioned on the mom hour yet that Eric and I and my sister and her husband bought a commercial building in Northern Michigan. I've definitely talked about it on my socials and things like that, but I just don't think it's made it to the podcast yet. And we are actively starting a retail business this summer that I'm not going to be up there all the time for it um, yet. When you say up there, we're talking many hours from where you currently live. It's a seven hour drive from where I currently live. And so I will be more of a remote partner for now, but it's still, it's one of those things where like, okay, that building is being renovated. When are we even going to open? So I can't really plan for that. So there's always stuff like that happening in my life. And you might think I'd be really good at big picture long-term planning because I'm a big picture thinker, but I actually tend to plan more in like week and month chunks, which yeah, I think is maybe more related to the relative chaos <laughs> that my life can be. Yeah. Um, but also just because I think that when it comes to those big long-term things, there's just a lot of things changing all the time. So I think that it's seasonal, right? Not necessarily winter, spring, summer, and fall season, but it's the season of life that you're in. Yes. Or the season of living that you're in. Yes. And I, I just want to give one more vote for, um, 
the role that calendar planning plays in living a life that feels meaningful to you? Because I think there's a certain population that does want to tune out because they just don't identify as like, they're not into planners and planning and all of that. However, to me, there's just always been a tie between like the type of life I want to live and the values that are important to me and the way I spend my days, weeks, months, and year. So as we move through this lessons learned, I just, it's not necessarily about being more productive or like right. um, getting as much done as humanly possible or signing your kids up for summer camp on the right deadline. Those things are also, you know, important. But I, when I look at a year at a time or a quarter at a time, it's so much more about my own happiness. Like what's the, mm. what is the balance of activities and schedule that is consistent with how I want our family life to feel. So anyway, there's my, yeah. there's my plug for this as bigger than just like a productivity conversation. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out. <laughs> and their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first mani system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first mini system. Okay, Sarah, so we're each going to share a few lessons that we've learned or that we're still in the process of learning, or perhaps that we wish we could learn. That's another possibility, yeah. right? About um, how we plan our calendars. And my first lesson is to think seasonally. And again, like I said in the opening, um, I don't literally mean seasons. Like I don't necessarily think everyone's going to have 
one schedule in the summer and another one in the winter or something like that. But just times of the year where certain things are more likely to happen Mm -hmm. in a certain way, I guess. Um, You know, my schedule cannot be the same from day to day, um, month to month. My to-do list isn't the same every single day because not all of the things that I'm working on need the same amount of attention every single day. And that's taken me a long time to learn. I mean, I know that logically, no matter what, it's not that it's not like I think I have to, let's say, scrub out my oven every day, but it can sometimes just kind of get tacked onto this long list in my head where there are things I think about daily that I don't need to think about daily. And there are things I feel pressure to work on more frequently than I need to, which hello means that there are things I really should be working on frequently that don't make it onto the list or get squeezed because I don't have the mental energy for it. So without really understanding that, that like understanding that cadence, I think is really important. And then once you understand it, then you can proactively plan around it. And for me, it's the same. I know that for the different creative projects I have, um, there are some I need to show up for every single day, like this business. And there are some I can show up for weekly or monthly and that's fine. Um, same thing with household projects. Mm -hmm. So like, I need to do my dishes and wash down, you know, wipe down my counters pretty much every day, but I don't have to think about things like my closets even every month, yeah. really. So it's, I think it takes some of that upfront planning to think those things through. But once you do, it actually clears up so much space in your head. Do you think this is something you're naturally getting better at as you get older or are there, do you have the same tendencies no matter what the the projects are. I mean, you've had times where you were really domestic and home-based in the things that were on your plate. Now you're doing all these adventures and entrepreneurial adventures. Is it kind of like same old Megan? Oh yeah. Same old Megan's following me around. Yeah. Um, I think that's okay. But I will say, well, here's the rub. Um, I know right now there is a lot of talk about sort of figuring out in adulthood that you have ADHD. And I don't know that that's the case for me. I will say. I have a lot of tendencies that align with (laughs) that condition. Um, And that can make me really, really, really efficient and able to do kind of a crazy amount of stuff and juggle a lot all at once. And it can also make me spin my wheels and get really frustrated Um, and almost like depressed because I can't see the picture, the big picture doesn't come together for me. And I can, sometimes I can work really, really hard and it doesn't come together for me. So I think what I'm becoming better at is not beating myself into a corner and going, Oh, this isn't working because my brain is completely full right now of details that don't need to be there. So what can I do to support myself and get some of them out? Yeah. And then once I do that, then I feel better and I can actually focus. So I, I haven't changed at all. I think, I think I just now, I don't, I don't beat myself up anymore about who I'm not or the way my mm-hmm. brain works. It works the way it works. Yeah. And then it's great. Um, when it's great, <laughs> it's great when I support it Yes, and it can that. be a superpower and it can also really, um, it can really cramp my style when I'm trying, when I'm working against it, I guess. Well, as you were talking I was thinking about like, it's one thing to look ahead at a season at a time um, and kind of proactively 
declare those um, priorities like you were talking about. Some things just need to be touched weekly or monthly or daily. But I would think that there's also an element of accepting that you you may not be able to predict that energy, that burst of energy that's going to. So it's also like a it's also a surrender to you might look a a whole quarter at at a glance and sort of try to predict when the best time to focus on certain creative projects will be. But you almost have to make peace with the fact that the bursts may not line up with your plan. That's I I don't know if that rings true, but it seems like it might. Well, that and and I think you can, you know, you know that this year I'm working on pattern recognition, right? Like, so some of what I've been doing with just documenting more is to try to see what those patterns are. Some of them I've already known. I, you know, if I just look back kind of casually at the last several years, I know November, I always have super low energy. Mm. I just always do. And it took me several Novembers to figure that out of feeling like, why can't I get anything started? Why do I want to blow everything up? Why do I want to quit all my jobs? Like, why is it that I don't want to do life right now um, with much verve? And, oh, that's a November thing. Okay, well, it makes a lot of sense. Like, the sunlight is rapidly dwindling, and there are probably other things happening. The problem is sometimes other things get layered on top of that. So maybe one year, a November doesn't feel very different. But then another year, maybe there's something hormonal going on. Maybe there's something weird happening to my schedule. Maybe I'm having relationship issues. Maybe I have a stressor with one of my kids. And that year, now the whole house of bricks comes down. So I do think um, you're right. Like you can, you can see patterns, you can kind of plan for it, but you can't always predict with 100% certainty the big picture, like what all of the pieces are going to look like layered on top of each other. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads perfectly into my first lesson learned. And the lesson learned is to use what you already know period, like full stop. But this has kind of had two parts. So when you're looking at a year or a quarter um, and wanting to think about the priorities or the plans or even just what you want life to feel like, use the things you already know in two totally different ways. One, use the information that already exists about things like school calendars, um, birthdays, big events like graduation or some like a a parent is having a milestone birthday or anniversary. Um, Even if you don't know the exact dates, you know that there will be a spring break, for example. Even in three years, I know there will be a spring break from school. Um, If you are newly pregnant, you don't know exactly when that baby's going to arrive, but you know that that is going to approximately when. So there's a lot of information if you look at a year or even a two or three year outlook that it's like this big blank thing until it's not because there are just there you you already have information within you. And that is so helpful to me. So Brian and I, this New Year's, um, I printed out a year at a glance times two. So all of 2023 and all of 2024, just the kind, you know, Megan, where it's just like the thumbnail calendars, like no room to like write anything in, but just enough to see the 12 months and yeah. all their days, if that makes sense. Um, because we are realizing we have three and a half years of Luke at home, like of our oldest living at home for sure before college. And there are some things we know are going to happen. There's a, a family trip that's been talked about for a couple of years over a Thanksgiving. Okay, great. We know that we typically go to the East Coast every other summer. Okay, great. That's a, I don't know exactly when we're going to go, but I know it's a 2023 thing and not a 2024 thing. Um, 
school calendars, I didn't even drill into the exact last day of school, but I know that I'm going to have a ninth grader graduating because our middle school goes through ninth grade. I know I'm going to have eventually another sixth grader with a graduation. Okay. Those are big. So it's real. That is so helpful for me. Even if I do nothing else, it like, it starts to look like if you're drawing like a dot to dot, it starts to look like a constellation of those, those priorities, those big events. And for me, what naturally happens is I think, Oh, we're going to be on the East coast anyway, in the summer of 2023 and the summer of 2025. I wonder if college visits are going to be a thing. I wonder it's like, it starts to like, yeah, peel back layers of possibility. And that feels really fun for me. So that's like use the information you already know because it's on the calendar or it's somebody's birthday. But the other piece of this is more what you were talking about. And that is to use what you know about yourself and your rhythms and your seasons to kind of protect. So I, I use the example of like protect yourself from yourself at certain times. Um, and like November is a perfect example. Like as Megan, you, you can do what you can make a little note somewhere or color code that when you're looking (laughs) at your planner that like November is just, it's Megan's like sad month or whatever it is. So, um, I I won't say too much more about that because you kind of, you, you touched on it, but you probably, if you, if you think about it, you know, things about yourself and your family, your marriage, your kids, your job. If you are in a, in a job that has like huge year end or quarter end deadlines, you have that information. Like, you know, that that's a time of, year that's stressful. If you've had a couple of babies and you're having another one, you know, probably what postpartum is going to feel like. So use that information that you already know. I love that you're talking about the two year view. Um, I think that's really smart and that's not something I've done proactively or like with any consistency, but it makes a lot of sense when you're getting kids when you're starting to move into that phase where kids are older. Yeah. Um, this was the first time for, I mean, just so like, you know, it's the first yeah. time we've ever done that of a two year. Yeah. I, I do think life tends to happen in two year chunks when you have like, because they go very quickly from being like a middle schooler to someone with a driver's license. Yeah. Like that happens like in two years. Yeah. And then they go from being a kid with a driver's license to potentially graduating high school and potentially going to college. And then two years into that, they're no longer an underclassman. Maybe they're going to change schools. Maybe you've got another kid graduating. Like at least in my life, those two-year chunks are more, more telling than three and more dramatic than one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a great place to focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it allows you kind of to get in front of things because kids are looking at colleges two years out and starting to make some decisions around that and things like that. So yeah. uh, And a lot of the times those big travel, big vacations are starting to be thought about at least two years out, yeah. maybe not planned down to the or letter, saving but money. I mean, that's like, yeah. that's something that yeah. we looked at. It was like, Oh, we can't do all the things. Like, what do we want? Right. What do we want to put two years out so that we're, it mo- it's motivating and exciting for us now. Um, yeah. and feels like something yeah. we can save for and look forward to. I wanted to mention quickly the school calendar because when my kids were small, so like when I had a house full of young kids, maybe a breastfeeding baby and a toddler and, and a couple kids in, in school, I remember feeling like the emails I would get announcing that there's a holiday concert or there's this or that coming up were almost like irritants to me. <laughs> I would feel like I can't deal with this information right now. Um, I don't know what to do with this information right now. I'll just deal with it when it comes in. I actually, I totally understand why I felt that way, but I think I could have set myself up for a little less stress if I had made an appointment or a date with no baby in my arms and 
my pen and a little time to write that stuff down so that things like, um, oh, they need certain shoes didn't yeah. feel like a surprise. Like lots of times that Keep information exists. Or, yeah. 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 Or like poster board needed for this <gasps> project. Like that a will lot of always times- be a surprise. Let's be honest. That is always <laughs> going to be a 9 p.m. on the night before. You're right. You're surprise. right. But there's so much of this information that exists in your email somewhere. Yeah. It's not, no one's synthesizing it for you. Nobody is like organizing it for you. But if you just had the time and space and you could sit down for a little while with your cup of tea or your glass of wine or whatever and plan it out, like you've just done your future self such a favor. And I wish I had been a little kinder sometimes to my future self, even when it meant like my urgent mom self maybe took a little bit of a backseat. Like maybe I would have let the dishes sit in the sink so I could take care of that, but it would have, it would have paid off. I will also say I did not realize until like an embarrassingly short amount of time ago, considering how long I've been a school mom. Um, I think I've had kids in school for 20 years and I just found out like two years ago, how early they set the school calendar. I didn't know because I wasn't paying close enough attention. I wouldn't really look at it until I had some reason I had to. Um, when, where, where do you access it early? Cause I've actually had the opposite problem where, <laughs> of course I'm looking, I'm wanting to look a full year ahead and like, it's yeah. not on the, I know it exists cause the board has to approve it, but I feel like I've yes. been at schools that it's not, do you have to go inside to your teacher friends? Is that, I have to go to my teacher. Yeah. Friends. So yeah, the, I, yes. that doesn't surprise me. Cause I feel like they don't put it on the website. They and, don't put, well, that's yeah. the thing. I used to go to the website yeah. and it wasn't there or they were the old one was still there. So I'd be like, oh, I guess they don't release. In my yeah. mind, they didn't release the old calendar until like the new one was done or something. Right. So like, you know, you had to get all the way to the end of the year and then you could look at next year. And I was talking with Jenna one year, actually, they were in um, some kind of union dispute. And one of the negotiating tools was that the teachers would not sign off yeah. on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, all right. You're already thinking about that. Cause she was making it sound like it was like a big deal because they were waiting so long mm-hmm. and it might've been May or something. And I thought, what, how early does this thing come out? And then I realized like, what a dumb thing to think, because honestly, of course they have to line it up yeah. way ahead of time. So I'm just more clued into that now. Yeah. And I will ask, yeah. I'll just, it doesn't, I don't have to see the whole thing, but I'll ask Jenna like, Hey, what are the um, days of this or that. And she's happy to share. Cause it's, it's not private information. It's public information. Right. So yeah. Okay. So my next lesson, and this is one that I, I admit is very difficult for me to employ and I am working on it. I'm just going to say, but, um, I think it's going to be a very useful strategy for me. So that is to unapologetically and intentionally create maintenance modes around things. Hmm. Um, and what I mean about that is it's kind of impossible to just layer a routine on another routine, Hmm. on another routine, on another routine. When you're really geeked about something and it's exciting to you, say it's a new workout, um, routine that you're doing, or maybe it's, um, a new morning routine or maybe it's like a, a phase of life where you're really intensely working on a creative project or something like that. Well, you might already have an existing routine that's been working great, but you can't necessarily now just throw another thing on top of it and then another thing on top of it. And so I think for me, 
what I tend to do is be like, okay, this shiny new thing is more exciting. And I just like pivot to it. And then the other thing falls. It just goes away. And then I realize, well, that thing was good for me. And and now I have to start over. Like I have to go back to it. And then I have to drop this other ball. And it's like, if I had just created a maintenance mode and I, what I mean by that is I don't get to feel bad about it. I've chosen it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's intentional. So I have to step back, but I don't want to lose it. Maybe I'm not practicing yoga in studio every day for, you know, or every, you know, three times a week for an hour. Maybe I'm doing five minutes every day from home. I'm not losing it completely, but I'm stepping back because I'm making room for something new. Yeah. I know for me, that is very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, when I'm looking at the calendar, the calendar can be my friend. I'm not going to start like walking outside every day in January. I'm not going to do that. That's, I might continue it if I've been doing it, but that's probably not going to be when I start something like that. I'm not going to start getting up super early in November. I've already said I'm sad in November and it's <laughs> dark sad, in the huh? morning. Right. So like, why would I not create some, like build, um, some successes for myself yeah. into the way I think about things like creative projects, physical fitness, things like that. I can just back off of it for a little while. And it doesn't mean it went away as long as I don't feel so bad about it yes. that I just give it up. Well, this has reminded me of so many times over the years on this podcast where we've talked about sometimes just the deciding and declaring is a release from guilt. Mm -hmm. So like when we think we should have a better system or a more perfect situation and we don't, it's it's a that is that eats away at how good you feel about your life. If you the example that's coming to mind that is still true is how I declare decided that I don't fold pajamas. This was when my kids were babies and toddlers. I just decided because I did that I don't fold pajamas. I put them in a drawer. And so everybody's pajama drawer was a jumble forever and probably still is. Once I decided that it was like, oh, now I don't just look at a pile of unfolded pajamas and feel bad. I'm like, no, that's what I do. So declaring maintenance mode, I can think of so many I mean, you're, you could be in maintenance mode with dinners and packing lunches and yep. just be like, yep, this is a season where it's kind of same old, same old, or there's like paper plates and a lot more takeout. And that's, that's the maintenance mode we can achieve right now because fill in the blank, it's a new baby yes. or a new business venture or a traveling spouse. Um, so I really like that because it counter, it pushes back against the feeling that you're somehow giving up or not living up to yeah. your own standards. Um, it's an intentional, it's an intentional maintenance phase. Yeah. And you, the intention is there to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you're actually, you're actually doing the thing. You're, you're continuing to do the thing. Um, you're just doing it on like a, a different level. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. a maintenance level. Dialed yeah. back. Yeah. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today. And I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the high of vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? 
Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, so this is perfect because I, I feel like we're, um, we keep calling back to each other's lessons learned, but we didn't plan it yeah. this way. Um, so you mentioned that you are doing more like logging and tracking this year. And I think you talked about that in our first, when we talked about getting in the January mood, I know we've talked about it recently on the podcast too. Um, but I am going to take that a step further, your daily logging, um, and say that my lesson learned is that you can use that data. You can use today or yesterday or this week's both pain points as well as little moments of joy or things you were grateful for to help out your future self. And even Mm employ some automation or some technology to help your future self. So I could just give a couple of examples, but something that if I am, and I have been kind of keeping a daily journal as well of just things I'm grateful for, what's going on, even things like health and headaches and hormone cycles and all of that. Um, if I take the extra step to think, is there something I could do next time, next hormone month cycle or, um, next year at this time that if I had an automated reminder pop up in my calendar for me, that's to doist, but you could just as easily flip in your calendar page to the beginning of like next quarter and write yourself a little note. I just love, I love using today's data because we can't control how today goes, right? Like the kids are having a meltdown and like the car, needs an oil change where this today is happening to us, but I love the idea of using small, that small bits of data to ask yourself the question, can I automate this next time? Can I make it easier on myself next time? Can I surprise myself with a little bit of joy? Um, I will put things in my to-doist or in my calendar or in my journal like when I notice things blooming in the yard or the garden and like remind myself to go take a picture of those things or that this is going to be like a really pretty time of year, um, maybe walking or hiking more outside. So I guess, yeah, that's the lesson. Use use what's uh, annoying or joyful today to set some automation for your future self. I think that's very smart. And, and the automation piece is something that I would really like to um, master or just start to experiment with. I don't use a lot of automation in my life. And often when I do, I'm like, Oh, that was such a good idea. You know, you know, when it's really useful and I'll just use another example is if you find yourself not able to get something shipped to you in time because it's out of Mm. stock or waiting till the last minute on something accidentally. And, um, you know, shipping is costing twice as much or whatever. You can't get something. 
that's a perfect time to electronically in some kind of reminder system, um, put it on your calendar for like four weeks earlier than you did it this year. Like, it's like, okay, I don't need to beat myself up this year that I didn't get the gingerbread kits in time for Christmas or the Easter eggs or the whatever. But next year, this is just going to pop up on my computer or my phone and think how happy I'll be. So that's another time when it works really well is when, yeah, those things that you're like kind of kicking yourself for not doing it sooner, but you can do it sooner in the future. Yeah. And I think that the recording of those pain points and those surprises is the first step, right? Because yeah. if yeah. you don't know, you don't yeah. know what to, to avoid or to um, double down on. So I love that all of these lessons are just kind of flowing one to the next. I feel like they all kind of go together. Um, this one for me is sort of related to my first one, which was that not everything has the same cadence. And I'm trying to think more seasonally rather than day to day to day. Um or trying to make my calendar look the same every week, which is impossible. This is more about the difference between the time something is executed and the time required to execute it. And I'm just going to use gardening as an example, because I feel like having a garden is something that I always romantically want and Mm -hmm. fail at Mm -hmm. almost every time. And that's because Around here, the garden goes in the ground around May. I mean, it, you know, April, some stuff, but like the ground has not been, it has not been warm enough until the spring. So I don't start thinking about it until April, (laughs) but I really need to be set up by February or March. And actually there's things you can be doing all year round that I don't have figured out. You know, like I just haven't figured out what those tasks are. I haven't worked backward from the execution date or even really realized that something that can sometimes seem like it happens at a certain time of year is actually happening all year or most of the year. So um, I'm just using gardening because it's something that I've been bad at Mm -hmm. and would like to actually do um, in theory. We'll see. Maybe this year will be the year I actually get ahead of it. And then I'm like, no, I actually don't like gardening that much. (laughs) But but I know I would like to give it a good, like a a real try. And I think setting myself up for success by getting started much, much earlier will make it way more possible. There's no fun to be like racing against nature. So I have so many thoughts about this because this is me at the holidays every year. I want to relieve myself of December stress and pressure by doing a lot of things well ahead, mostly shopping because I'm not going to decorate in September. And yet every single year there's like this internal rebel and I'm not even a, a usually a rebel where it just feels like the wrong time of year. And I wonder if gar- the gardening example made me think that too. Like I just, it feels like it's too soon. And and often it's not because I forget. I'm not a big forgetter. I know that things take time and I know you have to do things early, but there, then there's like this point where I'm like, but I don't want to, cause it's February and it's right. snowy and I want to be in the moment. I don't want to be thinking about my garden. I wonder if that's true for you or if that's a me thing. Um, it can be true for me. And I will say this holiday, I was very intentional about starting to think about the holidays way earlier than usual. And it went more smoothly than it usually would. So there's like that tension point between what I'm in the mood for and what will help me be in a better mood later. So true. So true. And I can't, and it's not worth doing for everything. Some things I don't care enough about, and maybe it will turn out that I don't care enough about growing my own like herbs and vegetables to 
do what needs to be done to make that happen. It's very possible. Um, it may be that you'd rather wing the holiday because you just, the pleasure that you get out of being the rebel yeah. is, and not thinking about it too early outweighs the annoyance of dealing with like last minute calendar stuff. I, you know, I don't know. I don't think we could be this way about every single thing. That's true. That's but I, point. I think that just recognizing that something may seem like it happens fast, but actually it spreads out a lot longer than you think is just a helpful mindset yep. to come in with. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this next one is me giving advice to myself because I have not learned this lesson yet, but I want to, and I feel like I'm getting closer. So I've talked a lot about like looking ahead at the calendar, thinking about how you want things to be and setting aside those priorities and blocking off time. What I have such a hard time with is revisiting that long-term planning space more often. Um, and by mm. more often, I'd really like to do it on a, on a regular basis, say looking at my annual or my one or two year uh, thoughts monthly, maybe. Um, what tends to happen is I go through a flurry a few times a year. Obviously, January is a big flurry, but there's also a flurry at the beginning of the summer and the beginning of the school year, because I want to look at like, okay, how many weeks of summer? When are they in camps? Actually, I do a lot of that in the spring looking ahead to the summer. So I go through these flurries of long-term planning and long-term might just be like a season at a time. And then it's like, I, I go away from it. And sometimes there are spreadsheets or written things. And it's like, I never look at it again. And then I'm, it's not that things surprise me on the appointment at the appointment level. They don't surprise me because I, I still look at my week and I know what meetings are coming up, but that more, um, values based side that I mm -hmm. talked about that more seasonal energy. It's like, I don't look at it often enough to kind of remember what's around, around the medium length bend, not like this week, but not also next year. Um, and so I just, I need a better, a better system for that. Um, really <laughs> a, funny, for your system. a funny yeah. example of this is I, I, I spent so much time at the end of this last summer before the kids started school fall 2022 and I got this in my head. I remember I told you about this where I was like, I want to see how many actual five day weeks there are in a school year, because the thing that always burns working parents is those random holiday Mondays, the federal holidays of the teacher in service, yeah. the half days for conferences. And, and it's not, I understand why all those exist, of course, but I don't like being surprised by them. And because of the nature of my work, I work all of the hours my children are in school. And so if they're going to be in school 20% fewer hours one week. I need to right. know that. So I made this really dorky like diagram that I was able to see, okay, I'm not losing my mind. There's actually, there's not as many as you think, like many, many weeks during the school year are either a four day week or they're a five day week with a half day for some reason, et cetera. So I, I visually mapped it out and it was so satisfying. And I had all the weeks where I was like, okay, fine. Like the kids, if no one's sick or nothing else happens, the kids should be in school all day, every day, five days on these weeks. And Megan, it was less than half the school year, like yeah. le fewer than half the weeks were these five day, like power weeks, as I called them. But then I didn't really do anything with that information. It was so satisfying to look at it. And actually validating that. Just yeah, be like, I was right. I told yes. you so. And, and then, then you're like, okay, like, now, and now you just move forward with life. What do I do? <laughs> What's that information right. like 
what does it give me? And I have literally done nothing with that information. Plus every five day week, you know what happens? Somebody's sick or like there's right, a flood right. and we have to evacuate that's just, or that's just that's life, life. Right. So yes. that's kind of a, a thing that I'd like to figure out how to do is when I go through these bursts of long-term planning, what are the mini bursts in between that might be useful or fun or fulfilling rather than do it, set it, forget it, and then kind of go back to life as usual? Well, and Sarah, I think that one thing that plays into this is that there it's like the conflict between expectations and reality. So you think you're getting a five-day week, but actually it's more often a four-day week or yeah. just as often a four-day week. That is an irritant, yeah. you know, because your expectation's not matching up with the reality. Now, what you do with that information, um, you do less stuff. Yeah. And maybe you don't get the satisfaction of checking as many things off your list. But I think that we've talked about before, like, your tendency is to feel that sense of accomplishment for, from checking things off. Yeah. And I think a lot of moms can relate to this, that feeling like at the end of the night, staying up and burning the midnight oil to, um, get things in better shape for the next day. But the next day it would have been waiting there for you anyway. And so many of what, so many of the things that we feel like we have to get done in a a specific calendar week, we probably don't. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what you do with it. You just don't do it. Another thing that popped into my head as you were talking about like revisiting those long-term plans and making sure, like, I feel like really what we're circling around here is this idea that your calendar, your plan supports the values, supports the way you want to live. Um, and I'll just admit I'm terrible with that because I have this idea of the way I want to live and the way I want my family life to go and the way, you know, what, what makes me feel competent and also well-rested and all of those things. And yet when new things come my way, my sense of optimism overrides reality like every time. Yeah. And I could really get better with doing a lot more editing. Mm -hmm. Like, like what can I slash? What are all the things I want to do now? Take 20% off the table. That's really hard for me to do. These, it's not the same as like saying no to something I don't want to do. That's different. Yeah, yeah. This is like saying no to myself, yeah, like my little that. excited inner child who's yeah. jumping up and down going, Ooh, this will be so fun. And yeah, in theory, it would be really fun. I saw a, I don't know, a meme on Instagram today that said something like, um, like figure out who you want to be and then cut everything out. That's not that. Mm. And I thought, well, that sounds great in theory, but what if I want all of the, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want all of those things and I can't, I can't like it's not realistic. So, yeah. um, I like that idea of re of revisiting that long-term plan with a values. I, uh-huh. and I think for me, the next step would be getting out the red pen. Yeah. Edit quite Remove. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And being realistic and not overly optimistic about how long things take. Yeah. So, um, okay. My last lesson learned, and this was a hard lesson to learn. I'm still learning it in a lot of ways, but when you do build out a long-term plan, don't include a lot of things in there as essential elements when they are things you can't control. And I would say the two things um, would be kind of speaking to what I was just saying a minute ago, um, projects with an open-ended sort of time frame to completion. Yeah. So Ooh, like a home if, remodel. I was just yeah thinking yes. like that kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Or or for me, it would be something like starting a business when I don't know anything about how long it's going to take to do any of the yeah. things one needs to do to get the business going. I can still do those things, but I can't really plan around it. I can't really guarantee that I can do that plus all those other things. Um, I just don't know. There's just too much I don't know. And I have tried before to make like a year, like a year long calendar plan and it's fantasy mm-hmm. and it's not even educated fantasy. It's just, it's, it's just arbitrary, guessing almost yeah. and arbitrary. Yes. Um, and then you feel disappointment mm-hmm. or frustration or stress when things don't come together, uh, to, uh, trying to schedule too much around other people. And by other people, I don't necessarily mean in my immediate family, because if my kids don't want to, you know, go on vacation, I've planned too bad, but it's really hard to plan vacations with your extended family when you're trying to plan it out way further in advance than anyone else is ready to think about. And I've, I've gone through that many times, many years in a row. And and finally had to let it go and say, all I can do is set my boundary. This is the week I'm available and I don't need to be the person that makes that work for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a big one. And I don't think we have time to dig into it too deeply, but if you, when you're looking at your calendar or your plan, if too much of what's in there is really in reality a question mark or requires someone else to get on board, just don't count on it too much. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in pencil. <laughs> Put it in pencil. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's perfect because my last one is also short and sweet and has to do with expectations and other people. So they're corollaries. My lesson learned is you cannot make other people care about the calendar the way that you do, mm. especially if you are wired like. I am and always want to talk about the calendar. I mean, I want to talk about tomorrow's schedule today and the week's plan on Sunday. And it's like fun for me. It's like and um, I'm very aware that I do it. And I, I think I've made peace with the fact that that is something I enjoy. And it's a skill set that I bring to our family. And at times I need collaboration with my partner, with my co-parent. But I don't need him to care as much, get as excited or look forward to calendar planning meetings or talking about the week's schedule. Like that's an expectation I don't need to put on him and doing so would only lead to disappointment and resentment for me. So I really truly see, um, this as like kind of my sphere and then being clear about when I do need that. So when we did sit down with a two-year printout and he kind of like you know, half-heartedly like grumbled a little bit and like rolled his eyes, but in a, in a supportive, loving way and sat down. And like, after a few minutes, like we were having a good conversation about like, okay, what's spring break of next year? What could we do? Do we have, what are the finances? And then like, it's like the wheels start turning and, and he gets it, but, but it's not going to be the way I see it. And it's going to take a little bit of patience on my part. And there are other things Like there are plenty of things that I can't care about as much as he does that I'm like, okay, we like, we have to talk about this or we have to do this. So that's partnership. Um, but I, I do think I have really learned and embraced the fact that I can't make anybody, the kids or my co-parent or anybody care about the schedule the way I do. You know, it's interesting because you would think maybe on the surface that that's like a personality thing and that because you're Sarah, the planner personality, Mm -hmm. that that would be why you'd be more into it than anyone else. But I have to say, I have had that same exact experience with two different partners now 
And I wonder if it's something about, I don't know if it's a um, mom orientation or the fact that like, we're the ones kind of running the households or something. I've, I remember getting so much resistance in my marriage when I would bring up uh, Monday, like on Sunday, if I'd bring up like the week (laughs) and it was basically just like, I don't want to talk about that right now. It's Sunday. I want to have a Sunday. And I thought, okay, well, that was just John, whatever. Well, Eric's the exact same way, especially if the week coming up is not a week he savers. Mm -hmm. Like he's not particularly excited about the stuff he's got. He doesn't want to think, he literally does not want to think about it. Mm -hmm. If he's got a job coming up, he's not excited about or whatever. But I'm in the mode where, well, I need to think about this because if I don't think about this, I can't make my next plan. It's kind of, it's a little codependent in Uh a way because really I could just do my thing and not worry about how that affects anybody else or is affected by anybody else. I could just do my own thing. And that's not the way I am. I have conditioned myself to think about a partnership. I think about it like how, what do I need to know about your week so that I can support your week? And so that I can make sure that I don't make any plans that I'll be disappointed by, you know, all that stuff. And if they won't participate, then it's like, Oh, I don't know. What is the answer? I really don't know the answer, but, um, I just think that's interesting. Yeah. I, I think what, where I have landed is to be really clear when I do need it. And when I just was kind of hoping someone would care as much as I do, because you know, like <laughs> yeah. if, you, or if you're out to dinner and someone like has a dish that they just love and they're, it's like the best thing that they've ever tasted. But if it has black olives in it, if it's like an olive tapenade, I'm just, I can't care about that the way you do. I cannot be as excited and right. I have to be okay. We both have to be okay with that. So I think for me, it's been like a a lot of give and take, like realizing like it's okay to not feel as motivated to look ahead at the calendar. And it's also okay for me to require it of us together, but less than I'd like to. Does that make sense? So like, oh, for sure. To meet in the middle. Yeah. I, I feel like I think that there's some part of my brain that thinks if I have all the information on a Sunday, say that I'm going to be able to roll out this amazingly organized week. But really what I need to know is, are you going to be gone somewhere tomorrow? Yeah. And like, when are you coming back? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I really need to know. The rest is fun for me to talk about, but it's not necessary. Yep. And I've had to get better at just both discerning what's needed and what's not, and then communicating that. Yep. So agreed. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, this was really fun and hopefully helpful in some way, or at least um, validating yeah. in other ways, if not entirely helpful. I wanted to mention that on Tuesday, we have another episode coming out. And this one is about kids and alone time. And I guess a little bit about us and alone time. So tune in for that. And then on Wednesday, we've got an Instagram live episode coming up for our subscribers only. And if you want to know more about how to join our subscriber community, just go to our profile on Instagram and you can see where to subscribe. We do one of these every month and have some other fun stuff planned too. So that's really fun. All right. We'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. 
The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. Hey, everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the Mom Hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much.